declutter takes up so much space in our homes, minds, time, and eventually our landfills. We live in a world that has shaped us into consumers on a planet that can't sustain the consumption. I am Steph Maguire, and the Sort It Out Sustainably podcast is here for the nature freaks and freaks of nature who want to rebel from the consumerist culture and create a more intentional life. I'm on a mission to help you be surrounded by the things that you love and to let go of the things that you don't. I'm all about creating simplicity, sustainability and joy in your home so that you can live a life closer to your full potential. This episode is not the usual content that you'd expect from a professional organizer, but I'm not your usual professional organizer. Yes, I have help available for how to organize and declutter, and that's the majority of the work that I do. And what you'll find the other episodes on my podcast to be about. This episode is more tied to the rebelling from consumerism elements of what I do and overall sustainable living education perspectives and just important conversations that we should be having about what we can do as parents for the environment that we are passing down to our kids. If you have kids or are even planning on having kids, this episode is for you. Now, I know the title of the episode sounds harsh, don't burden your kids with a big ecological footprint. I'm sorry if that sounds triggering. It was the best captivating title that I could think of to sum up the episode. This is not about feeling guilty, it's about feeling empowered. There's a line in a song that I love that goes like, We didn't inherit the earth from our parents, we borrowed it from our children's children. I love that because it's totally the truth. The devastating predictions of ecosystem collapse that we're hearing about and even witnessing with the increase of natural disasters is going to affect the younger generations more than the older ones. If you want to raise your kids in a more eco-friendly way, I'll be giving you some tips here that you can implement into your lifestyle. Now, I said this is not about feeling guilty, and I mean that. All of us are products of the world that we live in, and the world that we live in is very unsustainable. As a human race, we are pillaging the Earth's resources at unsustainable rates. Hyperconsumerism is damaging with the production of billions and billions of excess goods. The way humans are farming is depleting the Earth's soils, the oceans are being thrown way out of balance with plastic pollution, overfishing, dredging among some of the ways that we're totally fucking it up, the pollution in the atmosphere, creating massive landfills with trash all around the planet, removing forests and wiping out biodiversity. That's just some of the ways that our species is impacting the earth. It's overwhelming and a lot, I know. And it can be really easy to see the problem as one big fat mess that we don't have any control over. And there's definitely so much of it that we can't control. But we do have a responsibility for our own actions and choices. When we buy things new, we are the ones funding the material extraction, production, transport, and retail sale of those products. The big corporations are doing the majority of the damage, but who are their customers? It's us, the masses of individuals like you and me. 
There's a current narrative that humans and the population are just inherently bad for the earth. I would totally argue with that. It's our culture and the way humans are living that is the problem, and we can totally rebel from that. Let me for a moment talk about a reality where humans can be benefiting the environment. The current narrative is leave nature alone, humans are just doing damage. But humans can coexist with nature and actually help it become more abundant through physically caring for the earth. I'm not sure if you listening to this have any prior knowledge on practices and concepts like permaculture and regeneration, including things like regenerative agriculture, but they are really cool things to check out and learn about. Kiss the Ground documentary on Netflix is a really good starting point. It's my all-time favorite documentary. And it shows real solutions to not just leave nature alone and suffer the damage that has been done, but how we can actually help regenerate the planet and bring it back into natural abundance for the ecosystems and revolutionize our food supply in the process, giving us all healthier food to feed the population and actually getting carbon back into the ground. It's pretty mind-blowing. I think you should definitely check it out if you have not already. To give you an example of humans doing good for the environment, A few weeks ago, I went to a small festival, big party kind of thing. It was like 200 people, camping weekend with DJs playing all weekend, healthy food catering, family-friendly workshops and all of that. But on the Saturday morning, the whole 200 people split up into groups led by skilled leaders and for three hours, we did like a land care working bee type of thing. Some groups were doing regeneration by the creek, Others were working on food forest orchards, regenerative gardens, and stuff like that. So on this piece of land, in about three hours, about 600 maintenance hours were done, while sharing knowledge and experience and skills that we can all take home with us. Now imagine that sort of mindset and action spreading through society at large. Imagine billions of people, a handful of times a year, getting their hands dirty, or not, gloves optional, and participating in a few hours of land care, repairing degraded ecosystems, or getting involved in like local farms where our food is grown. And the people who do really love it would do it more, and the really skilled people are employed to do it full-time. If that was a reality, and our actions in our day-to-day lives were sustainable, and the way industries operated shifted to start looking after the planet too, we could actually be seeing a reversal in the damage done to the planet. Okay, so we know that we're in a doom and gloom, catastrophic environmental situation, and we know that there's hope if we get our shit together. Now, as parents, what can we do for our kids? The rest of this episode, I'm getting really practical on how you can raise kids in a more eco-friendly way, as the title suggests, not burdening your kids with a big environmental footprint. There's a big thing going on where people are saying having kids is bad for the environment. And for the reasons that I spoke about earlier, yeah, the way most kids in this country are being raised, there is a decent negative ecological effect that comes with kids in the way that 95% of people are raising them. Now, kids aren't the actual cause of their footprint. Before a baby is even born and has ever had a single thought, there's piles of brand new stuff in plastic packaging piling up in their bedroom. We don't want our kids to get to the age where they realise the extent of the environmental situation and realise that their life carries a huge environmental footprint, like many teenagers are experiencing now. 
It is totally possible to make huge reductions in our kids' environmental footprints. To take what is a huge and complicated subject matter and break it down into understandable, doable and actionable parts. Let me go over some of the core ways that you can reduce the negative environmental impact of your kids. Most of this can apply to anyone. If you don't have kids, the stuff I'm talking about is mostly relevant to an adult lifestyle as well. So yeah, most of these tips can go with anyone in your, in your family or any individual on the planet, really. If you want to not let this podcast fade out into your distant memory as something you listened to once and you want to actually implement what I'm talking about, maybe grab a pen and note down the things that I say that you want to look into further or improve your habits on or just have it written down to reflect on again later and work out how you can make those little changes. You might be already doing some of the things that I'm going to mention and that's awesome. The majority of society is living in an unsustainable way in pretty much every aspect of their lifestyle. So you are leading the way of sustainable change. Now, let's dive into it. 1. Clothing. On a per capita basis, Australia is now the second highest consumer of textiles in the world, just behind the USA. Each year, we purchase an average of 27 kilograms of new clothing and dispose an average of 23 kilograms of clothing into landfill. 60% of all clothing is made from synthetic materials, i.e. man-made plastic crap that nature won't break down, like polyester. And chemical cotton farming is one of the most destructive farming practices that there are. So you can see how kids' clothing and the way they grow out of them so quickly can have a pretty negative impact on the planet. It doesn't have to be that way though. The fact that kids grow out of their clothes means that there's always someone giving away or selling their kids' clothes. This is how I filled my son's entire wardrobe. Acquiring the clothing that is already out there has a neutral impact on the planet because you're not creating a demand for more goods. You're actually helping divert items from ending up in landfill. If you can't find what you need secondhand, look for natural materials. And as I mentioned before about chemical cotton farming being hella damaging for the environment, cotton, unless it's organic, is surprisingly not an eco choice. Now, if you are buying new and finding eco materials isn't realistic for you, then just focus on two things. Firstly, not overconsuming. Buy what you need, things that you or your kid will actually like and that will get a lot of wear out of. And look for quality. The longer something will last, it's better for the environment. Before I go on to number two, I'm sorry if there's a bit of dodgy sound quality due to someone in my neighborhood mowing their grass or like cutting down a tree or whatever the hell that noise is. I hope it's not coming through until the podcast. But if it is, I am sorry for that. I'm not going to stop recording and wait till later this afternoon because I'm really passionate about this right now and I want to get it all out of my brain and into the microphone. With that being said, another aspect of eco-parenting is toys and other kid stuff. The toy industry is the most plastic-intensive industry in the world. It's a $90 billion industry, and it uses 40 tons of plastic for every one mil in revenue. Statistics like these are what contribute to the belief that having kids is bad for the environment. You don't need to be part of this statistic. 
I've never been down the toy aisle for my son. I've maybe spent like $50 in total on toys over the last two years of his life. And I've been given a few fair toys as gifts or hand-me-downs, but I'm always finding cool, unique toys for like a few dollars, maybe even like a dollar most of the time at the markets. There's a flea market attached to the farmer's market I go to every week, so I'm often bringing home second-hand toys every few weeks. My son's only a toddler though, so I don't have any personal experience with dealing with kids asking to go down the toy aisle and all of that. I do notice that the kids that I know with not much stuff do a way better job at entertaining themselves, ironically, than the ones that have thousands of dollars of toys. It's all about your family culture. The beliefs, lifestyle, actions and perspectives that you demonstrate in your home repeatedly becoming the norm that your kids are used to. Changing your norm overnight is unrealistic and would be a shock to your kids. So if they are young, like mine, living more simply and eco-friendly is just the reality that they're born into. If they were born into a very consumerist-focused, loads-of-stuff sort of life, then yeah, it's going to take a bit of a transition time to not like feel like you're taking away all their toys, which you're not doing. Like, my kid has heaps of toys. And all of the more minimal-minded families I know, they've still got toys that they love. It's not about deprivation, it's just about being more simple and not over-consuming. So when it comes to all of the stuff for your kids, try and maybe be more intentional with what you buy, opting for things that they'll really love over quantity, and have awareness of the impact of that stuff. Shop secondhand where you can there too. Eco-hygiene. Another big thing when it comes to sustainability is the products that we use. The production of a lot of hygiene products is often not great for the environment, but even more so when these things go down the drain and end up in the ecosystems and oceans, it's not good. And when it comes to our kids' sensitive bodies, we don't want anything harsh on them anyway. So you don't need the supermarket kids' special formulation products to do that. A gentle organic liquid soap is fine, and you can keep refilling the bottle at the health food shop too. Same goes with cleaning. You don't need to find a boss babe on Instagram to sell you hundreds of dollars of essential oil products to go non-toxic. $20 of cleaning vinegar will clean your entire home for a year. Now, one of the most destructive human activities on the planet, arguably the most destructive, is the food system. There's deforestation to make way for farming. There's monoculture crops spanning acres and acres wiping out biodiversity intensive chemical spraying, factory farmed animals, insanely damaging fishing practices, tilling and over farming practices that are killing the soils. Most of the living soil on the planet has already been washed into the oceans. There's food waste on all levels of the supply chain, transport of produce around the entire world, heaps of plastic and aluminium packaging, and then in our own homes there's a lot of waste and instead of being returned to nature as biomass to rebuild soils, our scraps are being trapped in between the trash inside landfills, producing crap loads of methane being released into the atmosphere. It's fucking overwhelming, I know. Probably the most hopeful information I have received in my life has been the potential that our food system has to literally have an opposite effect on the planet. 
So the current way the majority of the food system is done is an extractive way. It's degenerative. It requires a lot of internal inputs. Cheers, Monsanto and Bayer. It extracts life from the soil and kills biodiversity. Modern agriculture is actually desertifying many areas. Now, regenerative agriculture actually builds life back up in the soils, making nature more abundant while growing our food. And the food is healthier too. There are ways to farm that nurture the earth and draw carbon in from the atmosphere back into the soils, which is so revolutionary using technology that's existed for billions of years, photosynthesis. You could spend hundreds of hours learning about this, so I won't go into detail. So how can you eat and feed your kids in a way that reduces your environmental impact? Firstly, the supermarkets make this really hard. Almost all the food at the supermarket is involved in the damaging practices I was describing. So my first tip would simply be awareness. Start reading labels and especially avoid things that use like palm oil, which is responsible for a lot of destruction and violence against orangutans. Do a little bit of research about the foods that have the most chemicals sprayed on them and try and buy those things organic if you can. I said read the labels, but ideally things don't have labels. Package free shopping, whole food ingredients is really good. Sometimes it's more expensive. I buy most of my spices, quinoa, nuts, and a few other things at the bulk food store, and I find those pretty similar prices to the supermarkets and actually often cheaper. Beans, lentils, chickpeas, pasta, and a few other items that I buy regularly cost a fair bit more at the bulk food store, so I buy those at the supermarket and return the plastic packaging for recycling. So overall, avoiding processed packaged foods and opting for a more whole foods diet is going to be better environmentally, and for your body. When feeding your kids, there are so many foods marketed for kids and they all come in little packets. This is a marketing gimmick. Kids eat human food. Yes, there are some things that they can't have, like spicy food and stuff. And when they're really young and toothless, they can only really have soft stuff. Kids in other cultures don't complain that whatever their village has hunted that day sucks and get served canned spaghetti or whatever. Mostly our taste buds develop with what we're exposed to. So if you aren't eating processed foods, your kids will become accustomed to that. If your kids are older and picky and stuff, just do your best and lead by example. I'm not a kids eating expert by any means, so I've got no tips for getting kids to eat healthy. We just feed our kid what we eat and we eat healthy anyway, so he's just used to that. There are likely farms near you using practices that are improving the environment. And the best way to find out is to get to know the farmers markets, whether that's what they publish online or speaking to them at the markets. If you eat meat, you've probably heard about meat being bad for the environment. In most cases, this is true, but there are actually ways that animal agriculture is being done that is actually using the animals to improve the environment, also drawing down carbon from the atmosphere. I don't personally eat meat for a lot of reasons, including ethical ones, but I know that there are some people, a lot of people, who will just always be meat eaters. Vegans don't come at me. I'll try and link in the show notes a really good TED talk on regenerative agriculture using animals, which is a really cool thing to watch to get your head around what regenerative agriculture in specific relation to animals is all about, and how revolutionary it can be. 
Once you understand how regenerative meat farming works, you can try and Google regenerative meat in your area. Maybe you can get like a box delivered and keep it in the freezer. And of course, any food that you grow at home, as long as you aren't using poisons, is going to be the most environmentally friendly food you can eat. Now, enough about food, I'm getting hungry. Do you know what a circular economy is? If you don't, it's basically the concept of instead of the economy being linear, like stuff gets made, sold, and then thrown out, like just one line, it works in a circle where goods and materials stay in the loop, getting reused, resold, or recycled over and over again. There are many initiatives out there that can help you keep your stuff in the loop. So when you're raising kids, all of the stuff they use don't go to waste. With clothing, you can donate or sell what's in good condition, and anything that's stained or ripped, which happens a lot with kids, you can find a textile recycling solution. I've heard of there being free textile recycling initiatives in certain areas, maybe in the States. I don't think that there's any where I live. There is a company called Apparel that can come and pick up a big box of textile waste from your house for $25. And then they'll recycle it through their many ways of doing that. I know it's a bit to get your head around to pay for recycling, but textile recycling is not government funded. So it's about taking responsibility for our impact and our stuff. But if you get a box a year picked up, that's like $25 a year to know that you're not part of the textile waste problem. With toys, you can sell or donate what's in good condition. And broken toys can actually now be recycled at Big W. They've got a new toy recycling program and there's donation bins out the front of the shops. Any sort of household items for your kids, you can utilize the second-hand market when you're done with them. And all of the packaging and stuff like that that comes along with raising kids, you can separate into the different recycling programs like council recycling, soft plastic, and all of that. Utilizing the circular economy is just about being more conscious of where your stuff is coming from and trying to make sure that that's coming from a more sustainable source and where your stuff is going when you're done with it, trying to make sure that that's staying in the loop. Most of what I've been talking about is how you can decrease your negative environmental impact while parenting. Now, how do you increase your positive impact? One of the ways is getting involved in local land regeneration in your area. In pretty much every area, there are groups that do land care that you can volunteer with. We've done it a few times in our local area, like uh, blocks away from our house. You don't need any special skills or knowledge and it's mostly old people that do it, which is actually really sad that the only people who care enough for the local ecosystems to get out there and physically work on them are the people who are going to die soon. So any of us young people getting involved in front of our kids and involving them is really good for the impact that it actually has on the environment, but also the exposure and experience and learning of skills that our kids get in the process. Making a habit of spending a couple of hours on a Saturday every now and then in a local bush care group is awesome for getting kids involved in taking care of the planet. You can also get involved in regenerative food growing, whether that's in your own backyard where your kids can be living alongside the food that they eat, 
otherwise or as well as exploring opportunities near you that you can take your kids and get involved in a local farm or community garden. Sometimes local farms have days where you can come and join in a working bee and take home a box of produce at the end. There was something like that where I used to live in New South Wales, which we like to do every now and then. And maybe there's a farm tour day somewhere near you as well. You can look into gardening workshops, especially ones designed for kids and families. There are likely permaculture places near you that do occasional courses or workshops or site tours or working bees or any sort of event. Any sort of way that you can connect with growing food is great for making that connection between food and nature for your kids, especially if you're doing land care in the process. All of those options might sound a bit much for you at the moment, so maybe just start with a herb garden on your balcony. And probably my favourite tip for giving back to the planet is composting or worm farming. Soil depletion is one of the biggest threats to humanity, and food waste in landfills creates toxic gases that end up in the atmosphere. So composting our household food waste is helping with both of these issues and bringing more life into nature. Getting your kids involved in composting is good to teach them important practices and connecting them with nature's life cycles. My toddler loves taking the compost out. Post, he says. <laughs> if you can't compost in your yard or your yard is non-existent and you live in an apartment or something, you could keep your compost in the fridge and take it somewhere that can compost it for you. Oh, and I forgot to mention many councils have compost pickup and there are private companies that can pick it up from your house as well. There are likely community gardens that have a compost collection point or you could find someone in your neighbourhood to give your waste to. Before I set my compost system up, I used the app Share Waste to find a lady that was a couple of blocks away from me that we took our compost bucket to weekly. And there's also apartment-friendly solutions that you can compost to, like those Bokashi benchtop systems, and worm farms can go on a balcony as well. You can use the finished compost in your pot plants if you don't have a garden, or even give it away. And lastly, one last bonus eco tip is to become aware of businesses that are doing good for the planet. Most businesses, when you buy from them, it has some sort of a negative impact on the planet. But there's a rise of social enterprises that are changing that. Where doing business with them is helping fund good. This is how I run my business, where every dollar spent on my online programs plants a tree. And I believe that doing things like that is the way that businesses will begin to operate in the future. Maybe you can switch toilet paper to a brand that invests some profits into regeneration or buy things from a little market store where their goods are made by people being lifted out of poverty. You'll start to notice more and more businesses that are integrating looking after the planet as part of their business plans. I strongly believe in the possibility where this is the norm. Where instead of our economy funding and pushing the environmental destruction of the planet, our economy and every transaction is actually helping fund the rebuilding of the ecosystems. So I feel like I've maybe bombarded you enough with a lot to think about for sustainably raising kitties. Remember that living an eco-friendly life, you are up against a culture where the norm is being completely unsustainable. We are living in changing times though, 
now it's cool to care about the environment. So where eco-friendly parents a generation ago were probably met with some resistance from their kids, today's kids are living in a world where it's cool to care about the planet, so that helps a lot. I can't stress enough though for you not to be hard on yourself. I'm far from perfect. I know I've shared a lot about how I live as an example, but I still do a lot of things that are not good for the planet. I still buy takeaway at least once a week. I'm pretty sure last week I went through the Starbucks drive through like three times, running late to work in clients' houses and bought like a roasted veggie roll and a coffee for breakfast. We eat processed, packaged vegan junk food a lot more than I'm happy with. I'm pretty good with stuff environmentally, but after my no new clothes challenge ended last year, I've bought a handful of fast fashion items since, even though I preach against it. I still buy plastic bags from Woolies when I forget to bring my own, and I'm pretty bad at leaving lights and fans on as well. I could probably think of a bunch more examples of my eco-fails. You can't completely change your lifestyle overnight. Yes, this is important stuff, but in order for your lifestyle to actually shift, your habits need to change, and habit change does take a while. Sustainable living is all about habits and decisions. All you need to do is commit to making better decisions with the earth in mind and improving your habits, and your footprint will improve and improve over time. As I said at the start of this episode, it's not about feeling guilty, it's about feeling empowered. Make it part of the family culture to be conscious of your impact, even if the first step is just being conscious of your negative impact, so you can then be empowered to start making some changes. So if you have any key takeaways from this, instead of letting those fade into your vague memory, maybe write them down in a journal or on the notes on your phone or something, and then you'll have a reminder of those perspectives that you can embody, habits you can work on, and things you can make different decisions for. If you are subscribed or following or whatever the term is called, wherever you listen to podcasts on, I'll talk to you again next week, where I'll be returning to more of the usual home organizing and decluttering content. Anyway, I hope you really enjoyed this, in my opinion, very important episode, and have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks so much for listening to the entirety of this podcast episode. I love helping you create a life of more joy, more time, more sustainability, more simplicity and intentionality by inspiring you to live with less mindless consumption and less waste. I'm here to help and if you click subscribe to this podcast, you should see a new episode about every week. I have a bunch of previous episodes that might help you and a bunch more cooking. Be sure to be following me on Instagram where I like to have fun with Instagram reels and I pop into stories to chat sometimes too. I also have some free tools you can check out like my PDF for 10 questions to ask yourself when decluttering to help you make decisions where you're getting stuck and a quiz that you can take to tell you what type of minimalist you are so that you can get some personalized tips to help you along your journey. I have an $11 minimalism mini course with a big sustainability focus. It can be done in just a few hours over a weekend. That's why I called it the Radical Shift Weekend. 
And if you're interested in completely revolutionizing your relationship with stuff by decluttering your entire home, I have a course for that too. It's called Cut Clutter and Cultivate Joy. The waitlist for my whole house decluttering course is in the show notes of this episode, along with everything else I mentioned. I wish you the best day or night wherever you are. My name is Steph, and if you're subscribed to the Sorted Out Sustainably podcast, I'll chat to you next week.